HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're about to hear a live broadcast on heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. And welcome to the food scene on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Terkel. So, have you ever wondered what's in other people's kitchens? I was about to just tell you what's in mine, but I'm actually not because the ladies of Pantry Confidential, Christine Han and Hannah, Hannah, <laughs> Hannah. I'll take it. Hannah Choi. Hannah Choi. See, <laughs> once you start saying a name in your head over and over, it just distorts into this crazy iteration of <laughs> what it should be. So I'm like, I screw. I should just let my guests introduce themselves from now on. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. So Pantry Confidential. First of all, um, I, I was a little obsessed, still am, with what you guys have done for the past. It's it's almost two years. Yeah. Yeah. 2011 November. There was this felicitous meeting prior over sushi. Why Why this site? Why this venture? Um, you know, well, first of all, thanks so much for having us. We're, yeah, we're really excited to be we're here. We're so excited. And um, to go back a couple of years, Christine and I, uh, back in the summer of 2011, were just hanging out as we uh, often do, did. And still do. And, still <laughs> and um, at that time, I was in culinary school, and I had, you know, some extra free time to explore uh, my food interest and passions. And I, I just realized there was nothing really out there online, kind of like a visual coffee table book um, and that had that voyeuristic 
edge, I guess, uh, sneaking into the home kitchens of food lovers, whether they're professional or amateur. So we kind of just took it upon ourselves to start it up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, this, this interest, um, it was funny. I was reading through your bios and, and, and past interviews. I think Christine said, oh, I didn't really have any like food traditions or anything. Like, I, right. I didn't give a shit about it. Right. Um, you grew up in Chicago. Right. It's not that I didn't give a shit about food, but I just mm-hmm. didn't like, I grew up, I loved Applebee's. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> and I worked at TGA Fridays, you know, and I just didn't, I just didn't know what was out there. I mean, I had an inkling. I think that's why I left Illinois and, you know, came out to New York and never went back. But, um, yeah. And, and I grew up like, I was like, mom, can we have shake and bake? Cause I really loved it. It was good. So yeah, I mean, that's, I didn't have the kind of food awareness that we all do now here. You know, awareness and, and taste memory are sometimes two separate things but they're they're so attached these days a lot of chefs you know harken on uh, when they were younger and take those ideas of applebee's and tg i have to then bring them back to you know hot cuisine or so i I wouldn't say that you don't have anything to draw from you have a very um ah that's one way to look at it yeah you have what most midwesterners have exactly but uh was was your kind of Um, I grew up right here in New York City, and um, from the start, I mean, I grew up eating mostly Korean home-cooked food, um, but, you know, growing up as a New Yorker, I obviously had a window into a lot of different cultures from a young age, but I never thought it was anything, you know, special or different or, like, you know, cutting edge. It was just, like, you know, what was available, so whether it was... uh, Greek food in Astoria and like getting a taste of Spanikopita at a very young age or you know going out to Flushing and having real Korean food there it was always a you know a whole like breadth of cuisine that was available to us and I guess I just never really uh, thought it was anything special it was just what it was so I'm assuming your heritage is Korean yes we're both Korean both Korean and you just didn't Christine you didn't have no I can't no let's be fair to my mom (laughs) (laughs) no she um so we had basic pared down Korean food at home she worked nights and I don't know how she managed to feed us at all so I mean that's I grew up with that and so at home we ate mostly you know like basic Korean food and then, you know, once or twice a week, we'd get American food. And that's when I would be like, please, I love the shake and bake. Um, or like, um, I think my mom learned this recipe. That would like, uh, you know, when you use the Campbell's c- condensed soup on like, ch- and you dump it on chicken, stuff like that. So we'd have that a couple of times a week, things like that. But yeah, that's how I grew up. I still make the basic cream food that I grew up on because that's what's, com- you know, it's comfort to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, then let's talk about your pantries. I mean, I- I'm flipping the script on you and. <laughs> you know, what, what are some of the staples that you saw in either of your kitchen, and were they ever incorporated into shake-and-bake meals? Hmm, well, we always had kimchi with everything, right? I mean, that's that Korean kimchi must. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't like it. But um, and my, mom, my mom used to, like, wash it for me. I mean, it's, I think it's common for little kids. Like, it's too spicy, and they wash it. But um, now it's like, I still, I always have a jar of kimchi in my... It sounds so stereotypical, but it's true. Um, and then what else? But no, we would like we would have the shake and bake and we would have kimchi. It's not like we integrated the cuisines into one dish. How about you, Hannah? Um, that's so funny because I always wanted shake and bake at home, but um, we just never had that type of <laughs> real American or like the cream of chicken or cream of mushroom soup chicken. Really? I, I always wanted that, but it just never appeared. Um, if anything, I mean, obviously we would have our Korean mainstays, but we'd have like, you know, spaghetti with 
um, like souped up jarred sauce and with kimchi or like a side of pickles, which is also very Korean and unexpected but kind of delightful. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but in terms of the, are you asking about like the pantries we grew up yeah, with, I mean, or like, like the pantries we what, currently is it, Was there gochujang? Was there you know? Oh, just, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of to course. this day, yeah. I mean, that, that's like asking ketchup for Americans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but there was also so. ketchup too. Yeah, yeah gochujang. Oh and, yeah, and ketchup actually goes on Korean food. Like there's this yeah. fried rice that it's like um it's like a comfort food, and then you dump ketchup on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's omurice. Yeah, like omelet rice, which is also kind of. Uh, comfort food, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. say. Because yeah. I feel like uh, part of your interest in other people's pantries might be uh, to see whether or not they are like you or how different they are. Um, exactly. You know, so when you walk into someone's kitchen, who do you try to profile? Someone that you think is going to be that vastly different or someone that you think is going to be akin? You know, I don't think we walk in with uh, many preconceptions at all. We try to kind of keep an open mind and what has surprised me at least is that whether you're um you know high level chef with uh, you know years of experience in in a professional kitchen or just a very avid home cook at the end of the day your the home kitchens the pantry items are not too dissimilar i mean there's always condiments some type of booze um mm-hmm. and just like solid basics like good olive oil yeah well i mean let's get away from the home kitchen for a second oh, yeah. and let's go back to applebee's and, okay. <laughs> and but at the same time abc kitchen where you worked after culinary school yes um you know there are those pantries as well what what do you see in a applebee's and tgif and like dry storage or you know on the line and what do you see in abc kitchen that you also see in a home kitchen hmm you know in tgi fridays we didn't see much Actually, the, the food just kind of came out. It was already prepackaged, <laughs> to, to be honest. I think it came out. Like, the line cooks would... I think they, it would, like, come in a sealed plastic thing, like a steak or whatever, and then they would do whatever they did to it. So we didn't get much access to, like... the. I did have to change the sodas a lot. or Like, the big... That's what I saw is big things of soda. Those big like, sacks. Syrups of, yeah. that you have to, like, change. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I can't say that there was, like... I can't think... There wasn't, like, real food back there. And when I think about it now, I mean, there was salad. Like, the salad station, like, people would make salad. But that was about it. I don't remember anything. Uh, I don't remember anything else that was like. Really they cooked. just brainwashed you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say um, the pantry of ABC Kitchen. I can only speak to the high quality that uh, Jean Georges and Chef Dan uh, put forth because they're really they took care with every single pantry item, whether it's you know champagne vinegar or like the type of salt. They never really saw um, much of your standard you know, like Cisco brand items. I don't know if I'm allowed to just like throw that name out there, but you know, more generic standard. Everything was handpicked for a reason. Um, And, you know, all those high quality items come together to produce extra fine items (laughs) Mm -hmm. for lack of better words. So, so, I mean, there's a difference in my mind uh, between a staple and splurge. And you mentioned something like champagne vinegar, and you'll see tomorrow in my house that there's champagne vinegar and then many yeah, other types vinegar of vinegar. Guy. Yeah. Um, but is that something that you think is a necessary you know, pantry ingredient for most kitchens to have? Or do you think it's something that, that is more um, you know, uh, kind of in the realm of restaurants? Well, these days, I don't 
I mean, anything kind of fancy. I mean, let me step back a little. I think um, living in New York, you can be kind of an average home cook and still have restaurant-grade items in your pantry, right? Yeah. It's just we're kind of spoiled by the wealth of products that are out there. So I think um, just with kind of this democratization of food knowledge, everyone is able to elevate their game. Um, and I guess maybe several years back you would consider more restaurant great, but now it's just become more mm-hmm. elevated and basic. I don't like so I don't think you need to have champagne vinegar, yeah. but like it's good to have vinegar, I guess, <laughs> right? Because it's, it's such an important part of you know the cooking yeah. the whole thing. You need like you need some acid, you need salt, you need you do. I think every pantry we've seen has those basic things. And going back to your question, I don't think we're that intentional about like finding a pantry that's different than us or the same. We just were actually delighted and surprised by yeah. everyone's pantry because it's so individual, and that's what's been really fun is because. Everyone, we're, we're not, you know, we just go and we realize how everyone has their own way of doing things, and it's awesome to see. So, yeah, it's not intentional, but it's really fun that everyone does have a unique spin on their own home cooking. See, that's the anthropological answer yeah. that I was expecting out of you, because you, you had a background in, in those studies. And yeah, actually, so does Hannah. Oh, both of you. So, yeah, I mean, th- interestingly enough, yeah. So, dually, this is interesting, not only to see what kind mm-hmm. of foods, but how people function with those foods or in, mm-hmm. in those, you know, kitchen situations. Um, let's, let's talk from the beginning. The first person that you had on Pantry Confidential was... Yes. Her name is Robin Mai, and she was a friend of May. Mai Yi. Okay. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> um, she's a friend of Hannah's, right? Um, yes, and I yeah. met her through a, a mutual, mutual friend. friend. Uh-huh. And she was... Actually, I was just speaking to Hannah about this right before the show, but she, I think, if I had to pick a favorite, and it's really hard to pick a favorite because it's like choosing, you know, whatever, your favorite child or something. It really is. It's like <laughs> they're all so great. But um, Robin might stand out just because she was the first, and it was really... Uh, it was fun... It was our first venture into it, and she was just so gracious and generous. And um, and then watching her work, um, she's just so elegant and everything. She baked a tart, and it, it just the way she did it was like her hands, everything, the way she did everything. It was just when I was photographing, and I was like, "Wow, this is so. This is not what I expected. You know, this is this is much better than what I thought it would be." And um, it was fun. She was so generous, and then she. Um, basically told all she's a cooking she's a chef instructor and so she told all her students about it and we got a lot of support from that and that was also a really lovely surprise and she she really helped us get going with the blog and um, it was really fun so that was my favorite, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the obsession, the, the 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 labeling, the meticulous yes. nature of everything yes. in that one. Yeah. Again, I read through most of your blog in the past week, and uh, she was the one that I was most intimidated by because I feel like I'm the antithesis <laughs> to her. Um, she was a chef, I mean, pastry instructor at Kingsborough College. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she teaches everything, yeah. but yeah, her background is in, in pastry as and well. And it just, yeah, it did. It looked flawless. And, and again, so meticulous. Exactly. It was, it was, how often do you walk into a kitchen thinking that they've kind of styled it out for you? Actually, never. Um, so I, don't, I shouldn't do anything tonight. No, no. please. <laughs> the thing is, actually, so we go in there and we were like, okay, let's 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 clean it up. Yeah. We actually do that part, right? <laughs> I mean, a lot of no people keep it clean, yeah. but 
And then for the food itself, like when I'm photographing it, I, I, you know, move it around and Hannah, we both like make it look the way we want it. But it's usually a light touch though. I mean, it is right. Mm -hmm. We still want to keep the uh, integrity of who, you know, that person's kitchen. We want to try to keep it real. That's our whole point. Exactly. But I can't help but want to make things really beautiful too. Exactly. It's It's just a little spruced up version. (laughs) Again, personality, uh, Shino. Yes. Takeda. Yes. Um, I used to go to Blue Ribbon Sushi all the time when I was in Brooklyn. And I, I recognized her and never thought, like, oh, I wonder what's in her kitchen. Yes. And, and then to yeah. see her her style, Incredible. her panache, her oh, yeah. aesthetic. It's just, talk a little about about her experience, you know, your experience with her. So she's she's a friend of mine. I, wor- I worked at Blue Ribbon Sushi. We might have oh, yeah? seen each yeah. other. Yeah, I might have waited on you. I'm yeah. not sure, Michael. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Mackerel. So- all I got was mackerel the, all the time. The whole horse mackerel? Always. Yeah. yeah that was special. Or, or pieces of saba. Any kind uh-huh. of mackerel I could eat. It's so good there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Shino. And then I didn't actually didn't know how she cooked at home either. We just I just knew her in work context mostly. And we would eat. I mean, you've worked in restaurants. Like, you know what you eat in restaurants. It's not like you eat the sushi there. You just, it's, it's different. So when we got to her place, we were so surprised and like blown away that um, about how, with how she cooks, which is, yeah. you know, aesthetics is extremely important. It actually led her cooking style, I think. Exactly. So she grew up um, with her mother being telling her, go pick a plate and then we'll, we'll see what we're going to make up based on that plate. And so that's how important aesthetics is. And, and so what her whole cooking style in it is... Is, is, I mean, it's visually extremely beautiful, but then somehow she manages all the flavors and the freshness and everything that she puts together is also just, it's like perfect. I don't, yeah. I don't understand. She just like goes like this with her hands and like it's done. Yeah. Hers is really a treasure trove of, of treats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, if you look at what we actually had to eat, it was very simple. It was like, you know, a steamed Brussels sprout mm-hmm. and uh, like you miso know, dressing a steamed or pearl onion. Yeah. With like a dollop <laughs> of the finest red miso is nothing really um contrived but it was just small attention to detail and a wonderful mixed mushroom and sea urchin risotto. oh yeah well yeah. that was oh yeah that was that divine right just, yeah. you know just some chanterelles yeah. and morels yeah. <laughs> but i mean yeah. we're talking about someone who's particular about aesthetic so yeah. much so that she's a ceramicist and i mean yeah. she was making a lot of her own plates yeah mm-hmm. actually all the plates that you see on that post is by her yeah and she's yeah she's working hard right now i just saw her and she uh, keeps producing a lot, a lot of work. You should, and everyone loves it. You can see why, right? Yeah, Saibashi. Do you remember that? No. Her cooking chopsticks. With the oh, that's what it's the rope. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what I have on my Christmas list this year. Oh, All I nice. want is a, you know a pair of cooking really? chopsticks right now. I mean, after seeing that, I, I, it, it's been a covet of mine. <laughs> but you know, there are all these. Uh, um, it's not just ingredients; it's it's equipment as well. Um, I mean, what equipment have you seen in kitchens that either are so simple or so complex that, you know, uh, it kind of blows your mind? Usually, um, we're always, I, I mean, that's kind of one of my favorite aspects of going to these kitchens because I like to find out, like, a person's favorite tool and, like, you know, really be able to um, choose everyone's favorite tool, favorite ingredient, and apply it to my own kitchen to make it that much more efficient or fun. Um, one example would be, I guess, going back to Robin, her speed peeler. It's the Kuhn Raikon one that, you know, everyone seems to have. And I can't even tell you, you know, I have several at home. I've given them to my mom and mother-in-law, and they're just like, 
the most simple T-shape peeler, but they're superior to like any and all out there. And they're, and they're like maybe one ninety nine or yeah. or something ridiculous mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, you know, those simple things really impressed me more than something super fancy. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen anything that fancy, have we? Yeah. Hmm. Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about the ingredients that you guys have found in other people's pantries. You're listening to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. I've devoted my idiot career to the old ways, the old recipes, the old tools, the old geography of where serious foods come from for centuries. And I've strived to make these wonderful things available to New Yorkers for 37 years. So it's a fait accompli for us to support Heritage Radio Network. And I hope you will too, and I hope you'll keep tuning in. For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com. Welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, again with the ladies of Pantry Confidential, Christine and Hannah. Hello. Hi. Oh, I got it. I got, I got the thumbs up. You see, I'm like, it's 50-50. Going to go with one. I felt the pause there. <laughs> no, it's just, it's a meter. It's a cadence that I have on radio. Uh, no, really. But I'm like, shit, what do I say next? That's when the pause comes into play. But ingredients. Um, aside from just equipment... That, that I now want and that why peeler is one um, what ingredients have you seen in people's kitchen and, and again it could be as simple as salt and pepper too you know I know what I'm going to show you tomorrow that hopefully I feel like is special enough that it hasn't nice. been on your blog before so exciting. Um, you know I, I don't know why my mind is just going straight to Seamus Mullen's uh, Iberico leg right oh that's now. right of yeah. course that was just so I stellar I mean you I know put, I put my Iberico away because I'm like it's Seamus already had it <laughs> yeah yeah that just like took us uh, took our breath away I mean if only we could all be so lucky to have something as beautiful as that lying around um, but yeah I would say for the most part it's it's all pretty standard fare good olive oils vinegars um, salts salts yeah. and uh we see Aleppo pepper a lot, yeah. um, Espelette as well, and um, everyone has Malden sea salt. I know it's nothing yeah. new, but I mean it's a sta- staple that people love. I love it too. Exactly. Um, what else? Uh, lots of citrus. Yeah, we always have lemons lying around. Um, gosh, yeah. I think. always have some sort of pork belly in mine, but that's I haven't seen that that much in others. 
Yeah, you know, it's yeah. funny. Thinking about pantry, mm-hmm. obviously you guys venture into their fridge as well. Yes. Um, do you see more standardized dry ingredients than you do, you know, proteins and uh, you Actually, know vegetables? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like things mix up because of, I don't know, freshness. People mm-hmm. stuff their pantries and they have the same box of Malden for months upon months. And or years. years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. Like the like we said, it's just the olive oils and vinegars and salts that everybody seems Shelf to have. Shelf stable items. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Chocolate. Most people have some chocolate. And pastas. Pastas. Beans are also very big. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mark, our first guy, he was kind of like the bean man. So uh, when he brought us into his home, he treated us to a delicious cow pea dish. But he also had nothing else in his, his yeah. kitchen. If you were, I don't know if you remember that one, but oh, yeah. that was yeah. what was remarkable mm-hmm. about you know remarkable about him. He said he just had like it was so very, refreshing. Yeah, it really was, and he, yeah, it was. He he had like nothing, and it was beautiful. And he manages to cook like he just you know beautiful dishes out of very little. Well, so. I mean, inventiveness comes out of a lack of object. Uh, yes, absolutely. And whether you come uh, with come with a stocked fridge and pantry or or not you're able to create as you say christine just really beautiful and delicious and satisfying meals you know i i've seen faro happen at least twice mindy fox had it yes. in, i think it was a panzanella yes um and then olga Masoff, uh sassy mm-hmm. radish yes. had it with her what was that 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 broccoli roasted broccoli yeah with the panko and anchovies yes. mm-hmm. um so it, it it must be interesting for you to see applications of the same thing in, in different iterations. Um, I mean, how have you seen people apply something as, as you know, liberally as salt differently? Oh. Gosh. Um, I don't know if people are that different about... I don't know. I mean, the far, the pharaoh was... Actually, I mean, talk about myself again. No, no <laughs> the, the pharaoh, I had never had it before, Mindy's. Um, shoot, and then I started buying it and eating it myself. So I don't know. That doesn't really answer your question, but that pharaoh, <laughs> the pharaoh made me. You know, it, it, the pantries that we've gone into have definitely um, widened my cooking repertoire myself, and that's been really fun. Yeah, well, I remember. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt no you, but uh, case in point, Elena's pantry after she made us some very delicious yes, home, Indian home cooking. Mm-hmm. You were. Like on an Indian tear for like yeah, a week. I did. I still make that too. Yeah, it's such an easy dish. It's like um, what is it? It's like it's called dal. simple dal. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and you were in a cooking. You had been in a cooking rut. So I go up and of, down. Yeah. I really do all the time. So yeah. So then I'll we'll do a shoot, and then I'll get inspired again, and then I'll make yeah. that same thing for a month, and then and then I it's won't. True. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so your last pantry confidential was with julia bainbridge yes who's a good friend and i know she made you i think some clams with chilies and chorizo potatoes um i mean so do you go home and replicate that dish i think maybe i do more than you hannah i don't know but i get i'm like very like excitable so i i'll eat something (laughs) that i really like and i'll immediately go and try it again i didn't try that particular one but i like i said i did the pharaoh i did the lentils i'm positive i did a couple other ones that i can't think of right now yeah yeah every shoot after every shoot we just leave inspired um whether it's the dish or a component you know thereof so well the visual approach is definitely a big part of that yeah and i mean let's talk about that Mm -hmm. uh the way you approach the kitchen and i'm going to pull that word voyeuristic back into play again um is is just that um but in a very quiet and respectful manner um 
So how do you approach a shoot? Because I know you're only there for a few hours. Someone cooks for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of rifle through all their cabinetry. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, you'll find out tomorrow, <laughs> won't you, Michael? I know. I'm trying to get as much information <laughs> now, so I'm ready. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, how, how do you visually approach somebody's kitchen? Um, I'm a pretty detail-oriented person, so I have my own system of starting with... Well, we actually go in there and we take a look at everything and then we fix it up. We just clean a little bit, <laughs> rearrange if we need so to. I don't have to clean tonight. <laughs> no, <yeah>. please do. <laughs> um, and then I will usually start with the details in your in your pantry, in your refrigerator, and um, and then move out from there. So I start from close up and then medium to like a larger perspective. And then we have you cook and I shoot that process. And then at the end we cook, we shoot the finished dish plus your portrait. So, it, I mean, I guess logistically that's how it works. Um, I don't know what else do you mind like visually. I don't know. No, like I just my thought process needed or to know whether or not I have to shave tomorrow. I guess I do. <laughs> yeah, um, you're gonna your mug's gonna be on there. Yeah. So. <laughs> come, come as you are. Yeah. No, I mean just those detail. You yeah. know, the processy of cooking and using those utensils mm-hmm. and the you know equipment and ingredients are just as important for you to capture as the, that that still life in in the pantry. Yeah, for sure. So and it's really fun. It's um we pull out all the things that you talk about. And then we just be sure to highlight them and shoot them and put it together in the post in a way that makes sense. And it gives the viewer, you know, a full idea of what this person's kitchen is like and how they cook. Um, yeah, it's not complicated. We just go in there. It's really, really chill and we have fun. It takes a while. It takes like three hours usually because we're just hanging out. I think that part takes a lot longer than the actual work of the shoot. And I think, Christine, you're usually... Um drawn to certain things and that kind of helps dictate the flow and you're right mood of the shoot yeah so yeah like pretty light like i have this thing about ugly light it's really hard to <laughs> shoot you know so i'll just i'll a lot of times i'm moving everything to prettier light so yeah. you know we'll see we'll and see I'm, how her, it goes I'm her photo assistant she is she's so good <laughs> she can totally anticipate what i need without even yeah it's awesome so i have a little bit of photo equipment at the house i might be able yeah. to assist you just that would be i was actually gonna say can you do your own yeah, no, no not at all um, yeah, i'll assist you yeah you know the funny thing the one thing that I'm getting better at, but and still intimidated by is photographing my own food. Really? Um, and you know, I do recipe development and you know, conception, and still, you know, photograph. It, it's such a weird personal thing that I'm starting to get better at doing it. But it's taken some time. You know, I can relate. Yeah, I, I never shoot my own. People um, have asked us when we'll be profiling our own kitchens, and I I love Christine's kitchen, and she has incredible light. But yeah. like, we just haven't been on it because I think you're a little gun shy. I, I am so <laughs> like I've been putting I've been telling Hannah every kind of excuse under the yeah. sun. Um, that, she has the best light in her. And kitchen I just too. don't like I don't want to shoot my own kitchen. I'm like I don't I want someone else to do it. I'll yeah. shoot it. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know, but it's weird. It's, if it's your own, you get hung up in oh, weird yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah, certainly. As, you're your as, own worst critic. Yeah, as you'll see, I'll, I'll be quite nervous tomorrow. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that's it's holding the power, holding the camera. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, see, is, yeah, you know, a way to vet having your photo being taken or right what a good point and yeah. at the same time your, your pantry just seems like it's replete of everyone that you've you know profiled in the past so you'll just see influences of mindy here and olga there and because it, it's interesting for me to uh, see we have seamus who i know is not spanish i know he cooks spanish cuisine yes. and obviously had the iberico i mean do you go in there thinking this person is indian they're gonna have indian spices this person is uh, I mean, what Olga's Russian? Is she going to have whatever, you know, Russian pickled fish? Mm. Um, yeah, I think 
if they have a cultural influence or leaning, you know, you can't help but think that way. But actually, in the case of Olga, for example, she didn't have a, a you know a store of Russian pantry ingredients, and she she told us that from the start. So um, I don't think it surprised us, but I think in this day and age, we're just led by what can we make or cook at home in a delicious but fast manner. And I think that kind of will transcend cultural lines often, which is probably why we see a lot of the same pantry ingredients pop up again and again. And what non-Korean pantry ingredients do you have in your pantry that you guys use often? More than Korean, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Same stuff that everybody else has. Salts, olive oils, vinegars. I always have lemons. And like I said, I either have pancetta or bacon. Um, you know, onions, shallots, garlic, all of that stuff, right? That's not, like, yeah. particular to any cuisine. We actually don't have a very... Korean. I mean, we have Korean um, ingredients in our kitchens, but um, I wouldn't say our pantries are are very Korean. I think it's pretty, you know, American or... You if know, it's just, like, one-fifth Korean, yeah. maybe? Because I still yeah. have... I mean, I have stuff like dried anchovies that yeah. I'm sure that... Maybe, Michael, you might not have, but although I mean, that's a big assumption, right? Do you have dried anchovies? You probably... you'll, you'll see tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of Japanese ingredients. I mm-hmm. mean, I grew up also eating a lot of Japanese-influenced foods. It's kind of not uncommon in a Korean home, too. Then aside from Pantry Confidential's recipes, what are some of your favorite things to cook at home? Oh, my gosh. Um, so many. I mean... During the week, pastas, big salads, um, pizzas. I mean, how fitting where Roberta's. I could have <laughs> pizza every day of the week if I if I could, um, whether it's takeout or made at home. Hannah is a wonderful cook. She's. I mean, you, what you just said does not do justice at all. Every every time she invites me over, which is. I'm lucky that it's often. I mean, whatever she makes is so delicious. And it oh, actually usually bad. isn't Korean. I mean, I think yeah, I've rarely I, had a Korean yeah, meal from I, you. I, yeah. Yeah, but whatever you make, and I'm like, what do you, it's very eclectic. I mean, I've had tacos. I've had um, just, like, a beautiful vegetable soup. You know, just whatever you... It's it's amazing. If you if you get invited to her house, absolutely must go. I'll do my, I'll do my best. Oh gosh, yeah. I know it's so much pressure. I'm sorry. I know, I, but it is. She's so, and she's the loveliest hostess. I mean, we, my husband and I love you know going over there because they, Hannah and her husband are just they really entertain. Um, they know how to do it. So yeah. I mean, do you get a sense of that from a person's space too on how well they entertain or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, invite someone in their home. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, at the same time, our uh, pantry subjects, they've all been so open. And I mean, you had asked before how we kind of um, get our subjects. And for the most part, they've all been either direct or maybe like one or two degrees away. So they've always been very open and like we've never encountered a a straight out no. So I feel like Mm -hmm. just by virtue of having these open minded people, they're, you know, more than willing to just like throw open their doors and let us in and we've been blown away by people's hospitality because you know a person's home is so very personal and a person's kitchen that's even more so so yeah so we've been i mean so and then that translates into their own entertaining they they all i think every everybody we've done has loves to entertain i think it's a common thing 
um, I think if you saw my home, you'd see how I would entertain, which is very casually, like, like almost like throw plates at you, you know, because that's just not like I can't. I'm not like I make one pot things. Like I'm not. I'm not I the same cook that. that Hannah is at all. Um, but you know, that's just how everyone's a little different. But the people we've done profiled are. I think they're all very adapted, entertaining. You would feel very welcome in their homes. And then, yes. who do you have coming up in 2014? I know you're doing a little bit of a relaunch and stockpiling. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we have uh, Michael Helen Turkel coming up <laughs> in 2014. Yeah. Um, we have. We're really excited. We have uh, Yossi Arefi, who is a guest who's on wonderful. your show not yeah. long ago, who seems like such a sweetheart. I think I have some of her apricot jam still in my fridge. Oh. Because I eat the smallest little spoonfuls just to like, <laughs> keep, it's so amazing. It's so fragrant. It's just, yeah, bonkers good. Yeah, she seems so talented and, and so nice. Um, and, you know, we really wanted to focus a little bit more on makers, people who work with their hands. We have uh, the girls of 4 and 20 Blackbirds um, down the line. Yeah, and I'm interested yeah. in like getting a farmer or something, yeah. something like that to see, you know. And I think we have a couple of others, but we're not sure about yeah. yeah we always have a, a long a long list of uh interested parties i mean speaking <laughs> of makers um i've noticed christine in your photography that yes. you've profiled i love uh, it Etsy, she loves, um, yeah. and what is it made smith as mm-hmm. well yeah made smith is the company i work with oh, so cool. yeah. yeah and they um they i guess i'm not going to say it very well because they they um Profile makers um, and I, yeah, I'm not saying it very well, but yeah. anyway, I photograph them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I it's people outside of yeah. the food industry. It's yeah. people yeah. making, you know, uh, fashion, you know, fabrication, mm-hmm. design, tools, yeah. all this stuff. Um, I mean, are you interested in people like that, or do they have to be associated with the food world, even subsidiarily? Not at all. They, if they're if they do food, that's great. Um, but I'm really interested in creative people and especially people who make things. Yeah, whatever that is, it's so interesting, and I think it's very similar to photographing food and people who make food. It's it's all within the same sort of genre of interest, and you know of. It's it's awesome to see what people do with their own hands. <laughs> well, I mean, I know at the end of your interviews, you ask your subjects uh, uh-huh. whose pa- pantries you would like to see. So whose pantries mm-hmm. would you two like to see? Gosh, I, I, I have two names um, that are kind of like dream subjects. Uh, Dory Greenspan is one. She's just kind of, you know, up there. Uh, like who wouldn't want to go into Dory Greenspan's many homes, <laughs> check out her her cabinets, and uh, Stanley yeah. Tucci, who is um, he's a bit of a star crush of mine, <laughs> and who knew he was like so into food, and after knowing that, I'm just, you know... I, yeah, we I, would really love, love that. Him. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> That's one. We'll see what we can oh do with yeah. the power of love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, um, I mean, like Christine said earlier, we like to keep it real, and it doesn't have to be a, a celeb level uh, subject. It's it's nice to mix it up, and at the end of the day, like everyone has to eat, so it's very interesting to see um, how, you know, everyone how everyone that approaches problem. exactly yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll see what a problem I am. <laughs> <laughs> In no way celebrity, but I, I'm excited to invite you in my kitchen. I'm very happy. We're so excited. We are so excited as well. And hopefully I cook up the snuff for y'all. But um, PantryConfidential.com, everyone should be checking this out. And maybe you'll see Christine and Hannah in your kitchen at some point, too. Yeah. You've been maybe. listening to The know. Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. 
Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.